This episode is sponsored by Scottcoin. Scotland's first and only digital currency. It's peer-to-peer, always available, providing users with low to no fees. This is a crypto with a difference operating in the ethical space. The organization responsible for Scotcoin is a community interest company. This means they are dedicated to promoting positive change and a fairer Scotland. They incentivize and stimulate local trading initiatives, keep wealth locally and grow the Scottish economy, encourage and support local businesses and are an advocate for social enterprise and environmental causes. Just to name a few. More about ethical crypto, head over to scottcoin.com. Hi and a warm welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Jennifer Rose. And I am Inga Larissa. Together we are Whiskey Sisters. We would love you to join our weekly adventures. Come on, let us rock your whiskey world. There'll be lots of news, gossip, bottle releases, and we will be raising our glasses through the tastiest of drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road and visiting some of the distilleries near you. And let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. Join our whiskey journey. You're listening to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. American whiskey has a wide range of styles, including rye, bourbon, rye malt, malt, wheat, Tennessee, and corn whiskey. In this episode, we will focus on three of the most popular categories, bourbon, rye, and Tennessee whiskey. But before we go any further, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. Belfast Whiskey Shop. The friend at hand has invested a whopping £2 million in a museum space to house the largest collection of Irish whiskies in the world. The new expanded space, which focuses on extremely rare Irish whiskies, has been completely transformed. It features bespoke, rich mahogany cabinetry, which house an unrivaled collection of whiskies, rare artefacts and collectibles. The priceless collection, adorned with more than 40 vintage whisky mirrors, surround a remarkable storied carpet woven in killy bags by the same factory that produced carpets for the Oval Office in the White House and for Buckingham Palace. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually sounds really cool place. I really want to go. I know. I think we should... We should go, shouldn't we? Yeah, I saw a couple of pictures of it as well and it does look quite amazing. They've gone to town. At the initial meeting, somebody was coming up with all sorts of ideas and somebody else has gone, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Go hard or go home. Indeed. So American whiskey brand Uncle Nearest has exceeded sales of 100 million US dollars and is it is on track to more than double revenue by the end of 2023. The Tennessee whiskey brand, founded by CEO Fawn Weaver in 2017, surpassed 100 million in sales in October this year. And last year, Uncle Nearest said that it had become the best-selling Black American-founded, owned, and lit spirits brand in the US. This sales milestone means that company is now the world's largest, it claimed. Wow, that sounds a massive operation. Uncle Nearest, that's a cute name. I know, and I've seen it all over the place. I'll have a look if I could source some in with it, like in Europe. I'm not sure if it's mm. available in Europe. I hope so. Do you know, I'm ashamed to say I've not even seen it. Really? Yeah. <gasps> 
Ah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, let's look into it and see if we could bring it on the pod. Uncle Nearest, we're coming for you. Also, the Isle of Barra Distillery has been granted planning permission for the full £12 million project. There's still a long way to go, but this could be super exciting for Scotland. The distillery is expected to bring at least 40 jobs to the island, and it's hoped the site will boost tourism in the area. Furthermore, there are plans to launch the Isle of Barra Distillers Foundation to give back to the island of Barra. Each year, the foundation will donate 1% of total net profits back into the local community. The company said that the long-term goal is that by year 13, a 10-year-old single malt scotch whiskey will be released. This should put the foundation in a position where it can build affordable homes to sell at cost price to young families easing the housing challenges on the island. That is very cool. I know, I love that. That's really, really good. Because it's a big issue, isn't it, on islands, getting affordable housing? Worldwide whiskies with the Whiskey Sisters. So let's start with bourbon. Bourbon, it's funny. Now, I always, every time I say bourbon, I start thinking you did bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) I do struggle to know how to say it. Bourbon. 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 Yeah, or if you do a proper Scottish bourbon. Bourbon. (laughs) Bourbon. (laughs) Yeah, in Finnish you would say bourbon. Oh, bourbon. That's the word. Bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) That's like two minutes of episode wasted on (laughs) bourbon pronunciation. Okay, so bourbon can be made anywhere in the US, although it is often associated with Kentucky. And bourbon is made with a minimum of 51% corn, often up to 70% though. And with a combination of grains such as malted barley, wheat or rye. The production process often includes sour mashing where the stillage, uh, so residue, from previous distillation is added into the new mash. Bourbon must be aged in newly charred American oak barrels. So only new oak is allowed and no used barrels. Unlike most whiskey styles, no colouring or additives are allowed at all in the bourbon production and the colour just comes from the cask only. The temperature extremes between hot summers and cool winter seasons uh, where bourbon is crafted all contribute to the outcome. And the temperature changes affect how the bourbon reacts with the oak, resulting in accelerated ageing process relative to some other whiskies. Mm, I hadn't been aware of that, like about the airflow and how important that is. Yeah, I guess all about the temperatures and stuff. And if you think Taiwanese whiskey we were talking about recently, so obviously the aging process there as well is different. Yeah, Uh and all these factors being considered. Yeah, Yeah, because like in Scotland, it just never gets that hot. Yeah, it just takes longer. And it's kind of obvious when you begin to think about it. But as you say, because we don't think about it much in Scotland, eh, because we have no heat waves, then, you know, or it's not like humid either, that kind of thing. Yeah. US federal regulations make no mention of how long a bourbon must be aged. And some bourbons are aged for as little as three months. However, if the bourbon is aged for a minimum of two years, it can be called straight bourbon. And any straight bourbon aged less than four years must state the age on the label. Straight bourbon or any other straight whiskey can be made of a mixture of straight whiskies from the same state. If spirits from other states are used, the whiskey must be labelled as blended. Bourbon is sweeter and nuttier than most whiskies with notes of vanilla, caramel and oak spice. All the 
sweet flavors from the wood, from the new wood. So there's two types of rye whiskey, American rye whiskey and Canadian rye. But since obviously this episode is only focusing on American whiskey, so that's what we are talking about here. Um, American rye whiskey is distilled from a fermented mass containing at least 51% rye, and the rest is either malted barley or corn. There are distilleries that use a mash bill that can peak at 90% rye, very heavily right. High mm. rye. If produced in the US, the rye must be aged in newly charred American oak barrels for a minimum of two years. Rye whiskey tends to have spicier, more peppery flavor profile compared to other American whiskies. Mm. American rye whiskey was first distilled sometime in the late 1700s. It became very popular very quickly, especially in Pennsylvania and Maryland, where it was the most commonly imbibed whiskey. In the early years of rye whiskey production, most distilleries were located in Pennsylvania. Historians claim that Pennsylvania farmers were selling one half barrel of rye whiskey for each person in the country by 1808. And by the late 19th century, Pennsylvania was producing easily tens of thousands of barrels each year. However, the popularity of rye whiskey declined after the Prohibition era as drinkers returned to softer spirits that were easier to drink, like bourbon, vodka, rum and gin. Many of the original rye whiskey distillers disappeared. Luckily, since the beginning of the 21st century, there's been a renewed interest in rye whiskey. As a result, it has been easier to find rye whiskey brands again. Okay, and last but not least, Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey is not to be confused with bourbon, even though it's basically a subcategory of it. As the name indicates, this style of whiskey can only be produced in Tennessee. Again, now I'm thinking of you singing. Sorry, Anka, I'll try. <laughs> like and, in the previous episode. <laughs> I'll try and stop singing. The, the urge is there. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Since 2013, state law defines Tennessee whiskey as a spirit that is distilled in Tennessee from at least 51% corn, is aged in new charred oak barrels, and has undergone the Lincoln County process, which means filtering the new make spirit through layers of charcoal before barreling. The spirit must be aged for a minimum of two years. The flavor profile is similar to bourbon, but perhaps slightly lighter and less sweet. The charcoal takes away some of that harshness, making the whiskey more refined um, and then some people say more uh, consistent maybe. And expect notes of cinnamon, vanilla, banana and some nuttiness. Jack Daniels is probably the most well-known Tennessee whiskey brand. For most of its existence, Jack Daniels used a single recipe to make one product, the iconic black label Old Number no. 7. The brand eventually did release expressions like Gentleman Jack and a flavoured whiskey, but has recently gone even further, releasing a single barrel collection. Single barrel select, single barrel rye, single barrel barrel proof, and single barrel 100 proof. These are fine whiskies with flavours that are much deeper and more complex than old number seven. And no American whiskey can be distilled higher than 160 proof, which is 80% ABV, and enter the barrel no higher than 125 proof. Each bottling must be minimum of 80 proof, so 40% ABV. Basically always with the proof, you just cut it in half and then you get the ABV. And there are a few bits of terminology, terminology for a word I can't pronounce. Anything with logi in the end is just a struggle. Hey, I think you're smashing it. <laughs> no, it's funny. It comes in the same like photography, photographer, photography. I can't say photography. 
<laughs> it's just like all those words I just struggle so yeah so there's few words uh, when it comes to American whiskey which I thought might be helpful for us to clarify so for example bottled in bond bourbon classified as bottled in bond must have been made during a single distilled season at one distillery aged in a federal federally bonded warehouse for a period of at least four years and bottled at 100 proof as originally defined in the bottled in bond act of 1897 only american whiskies can carry the label of bottled in bond and any such bourbon label must identify the distillery from which it was distilled and bottled barrel proof Barrel strength, cask strange or batch proof is when the liquid comes out of the barrel and is bottled without any water added to the final product. The difference in names is just what each distillery or brand uses to set themselves apart from, you know, somebody else. Full proof means the whiskey is bottled at the same proof as the new make when it went into the barrel. For example, if the spirit goes into the barrel at 125 proof, it is then cut back down with water to match this proof point. And as we discussed on our previous episodes, all casks are toasted. And when it comes to bourbon, the process continues with charring, which is one of the legal requirements for that style of whiskey. Charring helps to further break down the structure of the oak, allowing easier and deeper penetration by the spirit and more intense interaction with the flavors. And there are few charring levels. These levels are rated by time, starting at 15 seconds for level one, 30 seconds for level two, 35 seconds for level three and 55 seconds for level four. Buffalo Trace has even gone so far as to create barrels with a level seven char, which is three and a half minutes. Oh, heavy on the char. I know. Is there even anything left in that barrel? (laughs) A few little barrel embers. Yeah. You also hear terms sour mash and sweet mash. Mash is a generic term that refers to a mixture of crushed malt or green meal, also known as grist, that's steeped in hot water, used primarily in the creation of alcoholic beverages. Sour mash is the most well-known type that's used in the creation of bourbon and Tennessee whiskey, requires that small amount of already used mash is returned to the following batch, much like a sourdough bread starter. Sweet mash, by contrast, uses fresh yeast in its fermentation. And if you see a label stating wheated bourbon, it means that it has wheat added to its recipe as a flavor adding element. Wheated bourbon is a bourbon whiskey type that uses wheat in place of rye. The corn content must still be at least 51%, but the wheat adds a softer, sweeter flavor to the finished product. White lightning or white dog refers to new make. Yeah, cool. I love a white dog. I think there's a lot to take on board. I feel I need a bit more of a like masterclass in all of this. <laughs> I actually feel maybe a road trip in America with distillery visits and stuff would help me absorb the information. Yeah, or you could just listen back to your own podcast after it's been published. And study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm no, going the romantic route as always. If any American... Bourbon makers or American whiskey makers want to invite us over. Hit us up. Hit us up. Send us flight tickets. We're coming. (laughs) We're there. What is your feeling about or experiences about bourbon or any American whiskey in general? I think I've said before that I feel sort of like I don't know much. Like I haven't had much experience. And I've tried a few. Like I tried Four Roses. But I still feel there's just so many to try. And... 
yeah, I feel a little bit ignorant and I like interested but ignorant is how I feel like. Yeah, I think I've mainly used in cocktails. I did go, I think I mentioned this before as well at the beginning of the year that I went up through a phase when I was just drinking Jim Beam and JD <laughs> like <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> I kind of, I think maybe it just put me off a little bit because I was overloading myself with all the sweets. And you um, sickened yourself a bit maybe. I don't know. I just, because I find them so sweet, but I think at, at the same time, I'm sure they not. It's just the image in, in your head. So it kind of holds me back. Yeah, I think we need to explore more, most certainly. Definitely works in cocktails really well. But as we know, people still sip them with ice or need, so we need to try more. Dram on fire. In the first episode of season two, we featured Metallica's blackened American whiskey. We have now managed to source samples of their rye the lightning. It is crafted from Kentucky straight rye whiskies and aged between five and eight years. Rye the lightning, oh, for known Metallica fans, that's a, t- that's a play on words for their song. <gasps> Go and listen to the song Ride the Lightning. Right, back in the room, Jane. So Rye the Lightning was double finished in Madeira and rum casks. It is during the rum cask finishing that the whiskey undergoes the proprietary black noise sonic enhancement process that uses low hertz frequencies from Metallica's music to vibrate the barrels, causing a greater interaction between whiskey and the wood, forcing the liquid further into the barrel and extracting more flavour and colour and just being probably one of the coolest processes in the universe, bottled at 45% ABV. I like how you, when you said that, like a rock and roll, (laughs) yeah, you need to give it like some energy behind it oh yeah (laughs) i imagine like in that space there's just like lots of people wearing black like with headsets and clipboards and like you know like machines measuring all the reverberations and then like the of the metallica vibe and like if you were in there you would get like the rush of adrenaline excitement like you were at the gig and you could feel the bass in your chest that'd be dead exciting because it'd be whiskey as well i know i think they should have a party in there I would, if I would work there, I would never wear a headset. Exactly. Oh, so good. So good. The color was kind of dark honey, sunsetty color. I've got rusty sunset. Yeah. It's quite a pretty color. On the nose, at first I thought it was very light and mellow. It really needed some time in the glass. But at first I was getting really sweet red crepes. But there was something kind of damp. Okay. Like, Damp leaves, something earthiness, even mm-hmm. sawdust. Oh no, don't even say that. Let me show you the note. Sawdust. There you go. <laughs> There's definitely some sawdust. <laughs> There's definitely some sawdust. It's confirmed. When you smell it, there was some coffee and I was even thinking like chocolate sponge cake, like this, this sponge yeah. is chocolatey. Like on the back, like it's sweet at first, but then there's something... But then there's a something, something. Yeah, what is that? It's kind of, it's that earthiness. It's Well, I was hoping you were going to tell me what it was because I got, I got quite a lot initially, unlike yourself, but like quite sweet cherries, tropical fruits like juicy papaya. Then I've got the sawdust as a definite. Then I've written a little bit savoury, but I don't know how to word it. And maybe not savoury, is it herby? Is it earthy? I wasn't quite sure. Maybe some tea leaves. I don't know. Like, I like black tea. This sounds kind of bad, but it's not. 
bad. I'm just intrigued. But like once um, I bought some tea loose and they the tea had gone off and it had kind of funky smell. Like musty tea. Yeah, kind of musty, kind of dampy, kind of, I don't want to say moldy because that's not quite right either. Um, but that kind of, it reminds me of something like that. But it's not bad. No. It's just different. Yeah, there's a depth to it. It's almost like you enter into a room and it's kind of the, the sweet and then there's like another door that takes you into the savoury. This... Yeah, it is actually. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Like you get one layer and a, and then you go into other layers. But like, for, as you say, I like that um, imagining going from one room to another. The layers are very clear. Yeah. Like normally the whiskey, you kind of get a lot of everything at the same time. But at this one, I feel like it's one thing and then really the next one and that makes Maybe any sense. Maybe like the introduction of a song and then like going into like the main bit and then the chorus. They're just using the suite to lure you in and then there's like more hardcore. Mm. I've notes. also written, I don't, when I wrote a lot about Saved You, but I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's like a bit edgy. Yeah. Yeah, also, like, I was thinking of something like tobacco, cigars, or something yeah. that like Did you ever go to kind of gritty nightclubs, and you maybe, like, it's maybe, like, up the stairs somewhere, or in a basement somewhere, and you go down, like, or up stone steps, and the bouncer lets you in? It's not a bad smell, but it's maybe a bit, like, like, basement, yeah. basement-y smell. Yeah, for sure. Something funky going on there. The palate, my first sip was just like a lot of sweet licorice. Then there was some pears, which I struggled to find afterwards after a while. Mm-hmm. enough, But I was sure there was some pears. It has kind of mar- warming feel on your throat. Like yeah. that lingers, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of spiciness of the rye. Nutty, woody. Then after a while, when I started to get a little bit more flavors out of it i was thinking like it was kind of fresh minty finish or something fresher oh mint, but yeah but like then aha yeah following through and getting a bit fresh as i'm sipping Mm. it just now i can get on board with that at the same time there's something a little bit creamy and i was thinking because it's not like obvious creamy but something still a bit oily like Mm -hmm. walnut or something ah okay good call I thought it was quite sweet initially, not sickly sweet by any stretch of the imagination, but nice sweetness, like banana pudding, maybe like rum and raisin, ice cream notes, quite zingy, kind of peppery zing. I haven't tasted leather jackets, but you know, like a worn leather jacket smell, I felt I could almost kind of taste that going into the finish, leathery and oaky for me going into the finish. Yeah, you're just thinking that Metallica rock music leather jackets. (laughs) <laughs> I think I am. I think I'm just transmoted. Or is it the vibrations of Metallica that are in the particles and I can taste them? Yes, like a, this, not the sweaty rock and roll. Yeah, you can ed- edit out all this and, <laughs> and make us sound profesh. I found it a very, like I'm really, really intrigued by it. I absolutely feel I want to go back and knows it for a long time to try it again. I was really surprised by the layers of it. Some rye whiskey I've tried before, I found a bit almost like too nippy and I've not enjoyed it too much. Whereas like I I did enjoy that. I thought it was like beautifully balanced, but I almost found it quite hard to describe. Less spicy than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Although there is that kind of warming effect and there's, like you said, some black pepper maybe. Also kind of drying oaky. But it's funny the contrast with the other one, the bourbon one that we tried before or the American whiskey that we tried before. And I think blackened's my favourite out of the two. Well, I don't know. I need to 
ride the lightning more. <laughs> yeah. But do you feel like you're getting the rum influence? Well, although I've put banana pudding, if I didn't have that on the label, I don't know if I would have known it was like a rum cask finish. I think it was like quite not in your face. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I think the Madeira comes through a little bit on the nose when I was thinking those sweet red grapes and things like that. Kind of juicy fruit. Hasn't sold me so much on the rye whiskey yet. When um, the previous step there, the American whiskey that we tried before, I was kind of more positively surprised by it and actually just wanted to keep drinking it yes, <laughs> a lot more. It's so sippable, isn't it? But I don't know if it's just my non-existent experience in rye whiskies or <laughs> I don't know. Hienka, one of our listeners, Arlie, wrote to us, didn't she, about our forthcoming episode. She's in America and she was wondering if we were going to be uh, trying Angel's Envy Rye and Woodford Reserve Rye. I've not tried either of those yet. What about you? Oh, really? Woodford Reserve is really widely available everywhere in the UK and EU and so on. It's really nice. I have quite a few friends who absolutely love it and mm-hmm. as they drink of choice but yeah so there's there's definitely a lot for us to explore and our listeners if you have any recommendations hit us up on social media send us dms and or email us or whatnot and we will see what we can do definitely whiskey sisters whiskey fact so jen as you're a huge fan of the us yeah baby <laughs> i assume you love a good dive bar as well <gasps> See, when I was in Nashville, I just thought the honky-tonk life's for me. I think this is my spiritual purpose. All the live music. I just was blown away. So, yes, I do. So did you know that the earlier term used to describe a dive bar was actually blind pig? No, I did not. (laughs) So some establishments during Prohibition would charge patrons for a show in exchange for a drink of whiskey. Mm -hmm. So for example, a 19th century tavern in Maine kept a blind pig in the back room and the owners sold tickets to see it along with the side of whiskey. Oh no, the poor wee pig. It breaks my heart. I was actually, you know how I'm obsessed with crime podcasts? I was listening to one recently and it was all the jiggery-pokery that was taking place in national parks during a prohibition and all the smuggling of it and like crime and bribery. Oh, it was quite exhilarating. Yeah, well, actually, I was thinking we should do an episode on prohibition as well because while while I've been doing different research and stuff, there's so much cool information. I think it would be a really cool episode. Yeah, let's do it. This episode was sponsored by ScotCoin, Scotland's first and only digital currency. To see how you can get involved, head over to their website, scotcoin.com, or go to their Instagram at scotcoin underscore official. Whiskey sisters! So thanks for listening. Please make sure to subscribe on your chosen podcast channel. And if you like what you hear, please feel free to recommend our wee podcast to your friends or your mom or your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Spreading that word. Next week is the last episode of the year. The first year, Inca, that we've been in production and what a year it's been for Whiskey Sisters. So please don't miss out on this celebratory episode. Whether you're a celebrator of Christmas or not, we hope 
hope you come along. Oh, and we will also be hosting a Christmassy Instagram Live with Whiskey Girls Finland, who you may have heard on the podcast in a recent episode, if not, check it out. And that Instagram Live is going to be on the 20th of December at 6pm UK time. Come and join us for some festive fun. How do you say some Christmassy things in Finnish, Inka? Hyvää Yeah! Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at whiskeysisters, and Facebook at whiskeysisterspodcast. Do it! Do it! Do it! Yeah, you want it. You know it. You want it. See, you're going to be me singing. Oh, oh exactly. my God. <laughs> See you next time, Anka. Bye. May your glass be full and your drum on fire. <laughs> <laughs>